more and more as we have strived for that, to, to um, um, keep the unity of the Spirit. And again, it takes effort because we're all imperfect, including Yolanda and I, and we all have our quirks, including Yolanda and I. So thank you for bearing with us as we move together uh, in unity. So glad to have my wife now that's been the you know, 24-7 caregiver for her mom on hospice for four months now, but that she's able to take the weekends off so we can spend time together. It is a strain to, you know, on our marriage too to have that, but we need to spend time to take care of, of our parents also. We understand that. So thank you. Thank you for bearing with us. And I want to get right into the message today because we have communion. And, um, you know, the main thing I believe as a pastor, the job God gave me is, is really not, number one, to take care of you, but to pray and find out where the Lord wants to take us to spend that time because otherwise we don't know where we're going. So to get the Lord's heart on where he wants us to go and then lead together. Otherwise, um, where are we leading you? So I want to share, this is what has been really on my heart that the Lord wants to say, and it's, a, it's about covenant. And uh, Kaila shared a little bit about covenant um, the other week, and I felt there wasn't enough time, and she didn't have her notes, but it really deserves a full message. And because we have a hard time understanding communion and covenant today, because we don't do covenants today like they did in the Middle East, you know, uh, 2,000 years ago on the other side of the world. So sometimes it's a little hard to understand and understand what this covenant is that we have with God and how important it is to Him. So I want to share this. This is the steps of covenant making in the ancient Middle East. And Kaila shared a little bit about that. But it, it, it was a common cultural practice in that day. That's how they did um, all of their contracts and treaties was with covenant. And so God used it because it was common. It was something that the people at that time really understood. And he made covenants just like they did. But for us to understand what God's faithfulness to us, to his covenant, and our part in the covenant, because a covenant is an agreement between two people, two parties. So it's, it's a covenant on both sides. So, you know, the first step in the covenant was before we, we make this covenant together, we really consider what this covenant is all about. We caught, you know, count the cost of the covenant. In a typical ancient covenant, before the covenant was entered, the two parties would discuss the terms, conditions, the promise of blessings, and the warning of curses related to the agreement. As a part of this step, they would weigh the advantages and disadvantages of the treaty and evaluate whether it was worthwhile for them. They would spend time counting the cost of entering into the covenant. So this is serious when we make a covenant with God, Almighty God. But I also say it's the biggest no-brainer covenant in the world 
because we become one in this covenant. So everything God has, we have. And everything we have, he has, which I don't know why he wants to make a covenant with us. I wouldn't. <laughs> All he gets is our sin, our weakness, yeah? Our, you know, and all he gives us is all his power and glory, and he owns everything in heaven and on earth. And what do we give to give him? Um, my little bank account. And so this is a no-brainer, but there is a part of the covenant that we are responsible for, and covenant-making was serious at that time. So they would count the costs, and um, we would... When we invited to make this covenant, we entering it, we must understand that this is like we are saying, you and I are, are one together. And it is important because we are making a covenant. And this, the covenants that God makes are blood covenants. Okay? So you have the shedding of blood. Either it was a sacrifice, we'll talk a little bit more about that uh, again. But a lot of times in the Middle East, it was that you would cut your wrist. The other person would cut their wrist and the blood would flow into the cup of wine. And you're drinking it saying, we are one blood. We are one blood together. And so we are a family. Okay? That's what the, the shedding of blood was. And... See, this is why, you know, sometimes we have a hard time understanding it today. When, like Jesus says, if you don't drink my blood, and we're going, what? Cannibalism? This is horrible. This is weird. If you don't drink my blood, you, you can't be in covenant with me. Okay, but if you look at the ancient Middle East and the understanding they had that time of covenant is, yeah, they would mingle their blood together or sometimes even cut and put like a quill or a straw and suck the blood of each other. Because they're saying, now we are one blood. So when he says that, we think, this is so weird, this is strange. But at that time, what it meant was, yeah, this is, this, it was a really serious ceremony. And that's how God takes the covenant with us. Okay, and then you have the exchange of tokens um, of the covenant. In many cases, it would be exchanging robes, clothing, their belt, uh, weapons, rings, or some other token as a symbol of their desire no longer to live independently but as one. That's what we're saying when we do this. We're going to live as one with the Lord. You know what Jesus said? I am in the Father. You are in me. We are one. And that's what he's saying. And, you know, even the wedding covenant, that's a covenant. You exchange of the rings. You signed the contract before they'd sign it in their blood. Saying, hey, I am serious with this before you, God. You're making a covenant with God. Now, if you've had a divorce, God has thanked God for his grace. But now you know, too, you make a covenant. It's serious with God, and we keep that covenant with him. Okay? So you exchange the symbols saying that, you know, when you, they put the robe on, it's like putting on each other and becoming one. But like the father of the prodigal son, when he put the robe on his son when he came back, 
It's saying, you are back in my household. You have, you're in my family. You have the authority. He put the ring on his finger, saying, you have the authority now of my son. You are that. So the, the rings are important, the, the robe that he put on. And like I say, what do we have to give Jesus? Yeah. The Bible says our sins, you know, our, even our righteousness is like filthy rags compared to his purity and holiness. Well, he took on our robe. All our sins, he took it all and exchanged it for a robe of righteousness for us. What a no-brainer to take on. And yet, to be a son and daughter of the King of kings and Lord of lords is a great responsibility because he's a good God and he wants us to be good children of his also. So the belt, it was a part of the armor, and it symbolized, you know, where you put your weapons. You know, all over the world, they would gird up their belt when they're going into battle. And so it was that the strength of that person for battle. And so he took on all our weakness and gives us all of his strength. He is the truth, and, you, and the putting on the armor we put on the belt of truth and weapons that we need to defeat all our enemies. And he gives us the sword of the Spirit of God, the power of Almighty God. To What a no-brainer to defeat anything that comes against us. Wow. And um, he took on all our weaknesses. He gives us all, our, all his strength. And that's why Joel 3.10 says, let the weak say, I am strong. Because we are one now. And I always say, zero plus almighty is still almighty. So he gives us his strength. And Philippians 4.13 says, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. So that's the, the, the covenant and so on. And then there's the agreement that we will die for one another. Give up everything for one another. That's how serious this covenant is. Even with God now that we do today. Um, I have this book, The Blood Covenant. If anybody wants to borrow it, you see all my notes. Um, you're welcome. Just return it. I lend out so many books and they don't come back. <laughs> but anyway, so the two would take what they call a, many times a walk of death. They would actually cut an animal in half, and the blood would flow in the middle, and they walk through together and say, let this happen to me if I break this covenant. That's how serious I am about this. And both parties would work, walk through the dead animal saying that. And, and this is where we're willing to die for one another. And that's why, you know, Jesus, again, what we're going to do with the communion. He said, you know, um, this is my body that has been broken for you, that he was willing to, to break that for us, to be one with us. And so, you know, in the, uh, as you do this old, this thing, as we, we walk through that together, and it was representing that each party is saying, I'm going to fulfill my covenant to, or to die trying to fulfill it. 
And there was no breaking out of the covenant for both parties. Once you do that, you say it's a vow unto death to fulfill my side of it. And this is what God is asking us. And so in Genesis 15, 17, in a covenant ceremony between the Lord and Abraham, and your children of Abraham now, if you've accepted him, God himself walked through the animal they cut in half as a smoking oven and a flaming torch, and Abraham walked also. In essence, God was saying to Abraham, let what has been done to this animal be done to me if I do not fulfill my promise to you. That's how serious God is. Remember, this covenant ceremony was in response to Abraham's question of how he would know that God would fulfill his promise. God gave Abraham the greatest pledge possible in making a blood covenant with him, which he does with us in the new covenant, with the blood of his own son now. This is how serious God took that covenant and takes the covenant he made with us. Jeremiah 34, 18 says, I will give the men who have transgressed my covenant, who have not fulfilled the words of the covenant which they made before me when they cut the calf in two and passed between the parts. So he remembers that. So God is saying to Israel that when they passed between the parts of the animal, they made a vow to keep the covenant through Abraham. Essentially, God reminding his covenant people that they are breaking the vow that was pledged during the walk of death if they did. And Jesus, the sacrifice and mediator of the new covenant, took the walk of death as he humbly went to be crucified for us and all our part. And so I'll explain more. But this is an artist's conception of God and Abraham walking through the blood of the animal that was cut in half, making that covenant before the Lord. And um, I'll give you a few scriptures. Okay. And uh, Exodus 24, 7 to 8. Then he took the book of the covenant, Moses, and read it aloud to the people. Again, they all responded. Okay, this is a two-part thing. We will do everything the Lord has commanded. Thank good for Jesus Christ and him paying for our part because um, we, I don't know about you, but I've broken my covenant many times. And I have to say thank you, Jesus, that he paid for it all. But it's our heart that we cannot, you know, we say, I will do my very best to keep this covenant with you. And yeah, we're imperfect and sometimes we fall. But that's different from choosing, saying, no, I don't want to do your, your will or your way, God. And they always promised that we will do everything the Lord has commanded, we will obey. Then Moses took the blood from the basins and splattered it over the people. Look, this blood confirms the covenant the Lord has made with you in giving the, you these instructions. And then Matthew 16, 24 to 25. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways. Okay? Not that you're going to be perfect, but you turning and choosing to follow after him. And that's why he died for us, thank God. <laughs> Take up your cross and follow me. In other words, you be willing. I, I took up my cross and died for you. You be willing to die for me. But what he's talking about, dying to our old selfish ways and now living to him. That's being born again and now living for him. If you try to hang your, onto your life, you will lose it. 
But if you give up your life for my sake, you'll find it. If you're willing to make this covenant with me, you will find your life. It's the biggest no-brainer of the century, yet there is a cost on both sides. Matthew 10, 39 says, If you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. Because now you're in a covenant with the Almighty God. You are one with Him. You and Jesus, you are His family. And the Almighty God says, I will take care of you and protect you no matter what we go through in this life. Because He gave everybody free will, yeah, this world can be screwed up. And there is death. But He, if we choose to be in covenant with Him, can work all things for the good He promises. And after following him for 40 years, I, you know, I tell you it's true. But Matthew 13, 45 to 46 says, Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. And that's why we give up all our own desires, our own ways, our own thoughts to follow after him. And it is well worth it. Okay, so the next parts of the covenant, pronouncement of blessings and cursings. If you keep this covenant, the blessings upon you. If you break this covenant, this is what will happen. And um, if you want to read that, I'm not going to go into it. Read Deuteronomy 28. He spells it out clearly for the children of Abraham, which you are now. If we want the blessings of God or the things, the bad things that come if we do not follow after him. And so like any of these covenants, he's, it's set before, and we need to count the costs and say, yeah, I understand. And you look at our nation today, and we see the, the, the curses of us breaking the covenant with him. You know, the United States was founded one nation under God, and that was the God of the Bible. They had pastors come in at the opening of every Congress. The first Congress gave Bibles. And we have broken our covenant with God, and we see the result today, where our nation is going. And so, but if it's my people are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray. Seek his face. Turn from our wicked ways. He will hear from heaven, forgive our sins, and heal our land. Do we, do we know the power of prayer fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman, which is just because he's covered us with his righteousness, his robe of righteousness. The fervent prayers that we as his body to cry out for our nation. Today we sang that song, we, we ask for the nations, we ask for our nation, we ask for the islands. We cry out, do we understand the power and authority we have to use Jesus' name and pray. Yeah. Okay, then you have the covenant seal or mark. You know, after a lot of times they would cut, they would um, put a dark a coal, charcoal or something in the wound so you have a permanent mark. Like Jesus has his permanent marks in his hands and his feet and his body. Even when he came back, the marks were still there. He has the mark of his giving up his life. And our mark now is not the circumcision of the flesh. That was a symbol of the old covenant, the shedding of your blood, now saying I'm a part of Abraham's covenant, the circumcision. But he says the circumcision of the heart. 
And so that's our part to have the circumcision of the flesh. Okay, so the pact, again, in Genesis 17, 10 to 13, between Abraham and God was the circumcision of his descendants. If they didn't have circumcision, they weren't under his protection. That's why they all had to get circumcised. Because it says, we're in this covenant with you, God. I have chosen to shed my blood. So it's the mark. And now the new sign is the circumcision of our heart. God writing his laws on our heart proves that we have truly entered into the new covenant and bear the mark of the blood of Jesus in our hearts. Yeah? And just as circumcision, you know, of the flesh, now we have that circumcision of the heart. Then the exchange of names that we are one, right? Jesus called himself the Son of Man. He became a man for us. He was fully man and fully God. And he became a man for us. He took on our name. And we get to take on his name. We are children of the living God now. We're born into his family now. We get to, we're the children of the living almighty God. And that's part of baptism. We're going dying to our old self, being born again into the family of the living God. That's part of our covenant um, exchanging of names. And then the sealing of the covenant with a meal. Now, um, the sealing of the, of the covenant, um, again, you know, would be the, the blood, the exchange of names, the covenant meal we're going to share today. Because in the Middle East, it contained, usually contained bread and wine. And so that's what we're going to do today. And so a few more scriptures before we take this and you consider the, the cost. First Samuel 17, 26b says, who is this? David is saying, you know, like Goliath comes and defies the armies of, the, of God. And what David says to Goliath when he comes up to Goliath, a young boy with a sling against the greatest warrior of his day. And what does he say to Goliath? Yeah? You know, you, you big dumb guy. <laughs> you evil man. What does he say? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that you should defy the armies of the living God? See, that covenant was so important. He was uncircumcised. He didn't have covenant with the almighty, all-powerful God. David had covenant. And that's why God was with him. So the important thing was, you know, not that you mean, cruel, bad guy. You don't have a covenant. I have covenant. You have covenant. But how seriously do you take the covenant? Just like a marriage covenant. You take it seriously or not. When we say, before God, in sickness and in health, for better or for worse, till death do us part, the commitment to one another. If we do, I tell you what, your marriage will be great. You'll have lots of trials, but it will end up great. In New Testament, we have uh, Acts 19, 13 to 16. 
Some Jews who went around driving out evil spirits tried to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who were demon-possessed. They would say, in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches, I command you to come out. The seven sons of Siva, a Jewish chief priest now, were doing this. One day the evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know and Paul I know about, but who are you? Then the man who had the evil spirit jumped on them and overpowered them all. He gave them such a beating that they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. They didn't have covenant. You are making covenant today. They didn't have covenant and they had no authority over the enemy. Because authority comes from God alone, as Jeff was saying this morning. Jeremiah 31, 31 to 33. The day is coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and Judah. This covenant will not be like the one I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand and brought them out of the land of Egypt. They broke that covenant, though I love them as a husband loves his wife, says the Lord. See how serious the covenants we make and God takes it when you do a marriage covenant before God? It's a covenant with Him to keep, not only with your spouse. So, And verse 33, but this is the new covenant I will make with the people of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my instructions deep within them, and I will write them on their hearts instead of on stone. I will be their God, and they will be my people. What a blessing of this covenant to be in. Worth it. Worth it. Okay, the blessings of having a covenant relationship with the almighty, all-powerful God of the universe. Deuteronomy 7, 9 says... Understand, therefore, that the Lord your God is indeed God. He is the faithful God who keeps his covenant for a thousand generations and lavishes his unfailing love on those who love him and obey his commandments. What a blessing for you and your future generations. 1 Corinthians seven nineteen, For it makes no difference whether or not a man has been circumcised. The important thing is to keep God's commandments. We are in that covenant. Thank God for Jesus, but we don't take this covenant lightly. And say, I'm going to break it, I'm great, because Jesus already paid. Ah, this is serious with God. And in our heart, we need to be re repentant when we fall and say, God, help us. Because I am in covenant with you, and I thank God that Jesus had to pay for every time I fell. Or I fall away from him. And so I don't take it lightly. It's a free Gift for us, but it costs God everything. And we don't sin lightly. Yeah? If you love me, obey my commandments, Jesus said. Okay? If we are not in covenant, we are not doing our part of the covenant because God always does his. So it's us who breaks the covenant, not God. We have broken our covenant with Jesus and therefore have no authority or power against the enemy. In the United States, we have no right to use his name if we do not have covenant. If we have broken our covenant, God cannot keep us safe because we choose not to be in covenant with God. Under his protection, provision, he will take care of us, he says. Financially, physically, we will not be under his provision and care. 
If we want to come back into covenant with him, he does make a way for us to come back. We repent. He's faithful to forgive. But we don't take it lightly and break it again and again and say, yeah, yeah, I forgive. Take it seriously. This costs God everything, and he's serious about it. Revelation 19, 7 to 8. For the wedding of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. Fine linen, bright and clean, was given to her to wear. And again, we put on the robe of righteousness that Jesus gives. And 2 Corinthians 11, 2, God said, For I am jealous for you with the jealousy of God himself, Paul says. I promise you as a pure bride to, promised you as a pure bride to one husband, Christ. So we be devoted to him, not chase after other gods. Other gods is whatever we put before him. And like the, you do your marriage vows, that's what you do in this covenant. It's a vow or an oath that you're making. That means it's a solemn promise. When we take this covenant today, solemn promise, a sworn declaration that you are telling the truth, that I choose to be in this and I will do everything I can. Like he says, or die trying to follow after you. And this you know, even secularly, when you, you know, on the witness stand, lay your hand on the Bible, you're invoking a divine witness to your covenant that we're going to be doing today. Okay? Um, if we are not in covenant, we are not doing our part. Because God always does His. So as we take the communion today, Matthew 26, 28 is Jesus confirming his part. And remember, we confirm our part as we're doing this, as Jesus did. So let's just take a moment as we do this to remember what you're saying and with whom. And that he will remember. He will bless for a thousand generations the almighty, all-powerful God will take care of you and your generations. But we need to count the costs. Because if we break the covenant, there are also consequences. Now, does everybody have uh, communion elements who wants to take communion? Again, don't feel like, okay, everybody's doing me. I should, I should take it because this is, is, this is serious when we make this covenant with him, okay? And again, you don't ever have to feel I'm too bad to get into a covenant with him. That's why he paid for us already. But we take it seriously that I'm going to do my best or die trying to follow after you and, and your commands to me. Because yeah. he paid for it all. That's how much he loves us. And every... Thing he bore on that cross, he bore for us. So we take it seriously. It's free for us, but it costs God everything. And as a man, he felt every bit of the pain. So let's take the bread. We break it first because he broke his body for us. And as we take it, remember what we're saying in this covenant together. We will follow after you 
we choose to die to our old self and our old ways. Take the bread together. And then Jesus said, For this is my blood, which confirms the covenant between God and his people. It is poured out as a sacrifice to forgive the sins of many. And ours is the circumcision of our hearts that we will now cut ourselves off from our old ways to follow after him. So as we take this covenant together, we remember what he's done. And we say we choose to do the covenant. Now if the worship team will come up, we'll do the last song. And as it says, you know, part of the covenant is Jesus had a final command. You know, the last words you say are usually the most important. Hey, go to the nations. If not yourself, everybody has a part. You know what we have on the wall? You have a part in it. If it's not going, there is a part for you to play. And if you're a member of this church, guess what? I've been praying for you. You don't know what your part is? I might know. Because God gave you all a part. And we want to be a part of what he's doing. Because that's his covenant. That's his heart. We are in his family. Is to bring people to him. In these islands, the, 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 the song says, and the nation. We do our part. And you all have a part. You might think it's a small part. But don't despise the day of small beginnings. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for this covenant that you're willing to make with us. I still don't know why you want to make it with me. But I just thank you. And that you took on my filthy rags and gave me your righteousness so I can be your child. Have eternal life with you and your kingdom, and you own everything. And so, Father, I want to do my best to follow after you. Forgive me when I fall. Help me, strengthen me. And when I ask you, you will to be right by you, we pray. Thank you for forgiving everything I've done in the past. And start anew, born again in you. It's your family, as your child, to take on your name. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.